bills here and there, but never fear, life's good. Life's good. Life's good. Few of my homies pass away, but life's good. Life's good. Life's good. I see reportings on the news, still life's good. The sun comes after storms, yeah, it always does That's why I never stay stuck on the low tide I'm always about the high vibes And now I'm mine, girl, I dry those tears from your eyes But now I can't stay, life flies by Cause while I stay focused on the sad energy I'm missing out on new beginnings Even when you lose your house, lose your job Probably lose your children, never lose hope Never lose your vision That's why I always say, man Even when you're going through your worst Let me tell you, baby Long as you breathe and you have a reason to keep At a point going. I swim my whole inside circle, try suicide And I ain't even gon' front like that thought ain't never crossed my mind When I was younger, I'm just happy that we made it On occasions that depression leaving young and blind When you're surrounded by the darkness, it gets hard to keep in mind that there's a brighter side And the future's never finalized Keep your mind clear and your past clearer Eventually, like that noxema on your skin, bet your problems clear up Now you ain't afraid to keep your head up yeah. Heard a wise man say, if you never get attached, you never suffer Though I'ma die alone, I'ma always be helping others I understand that this world is much bigger than just myself Of seven billion on this globe and these person got their own struggles through it all Hi, it's Chuck from Above the Basement, Boston Music and Conversation, the official podcast partner of the 2017 Boston Music Awards. 2017 sees the Boston Music Awards celebrate their 30th anniversary on December 7th at House of Blues in Boston. Tickets are open to the public and on sale now via the Boston Music Awards website at bostonmusicawards.com. The night will feature multiple live performances from nominated artists, and winners will also be announced that night, so if you want to see who wins firsthand, make sure you grab tickets. So Kyle Bent has been rapping in Randolph, Massachusetts since the third grade and began recording his own material soon after that. Over the years, he has honed his freestyle talents and become an introspective lyricist with a positive message. The Jamaican-born performer has seven albums under his belt, including Dreams of a God and Complex Simplicity, just released in 2016. Once again, Mr. Jonathan Beakley joins me as my co-host. Okay, so here's our conversation with Kyle Bent, recorded at Woods Hill Table in Concord, Massachusetts. coming out hey thank you for having me have you been on a podcast before i say it's my first time maybe i'm lying but uh, i'm looking forward to this one (laughs) so this one is like real fresh in my mind you seem awfully quiet jonathan i am ready to go he's ready that's that focus silence i'm with it brother so yeah so thanks for coming out you're coming out from randolph randolph correct and you've been living there since you moved up here with your parents right yeah i too at two. Mm-hmm. You weren't you born in Jamaica, is that right? I was. Wow. Yeah. And why'd your parents move up here? Just education and um trying to find new opportunities. Yeah? Did mm-hmm. they did they come up here and didn't go to school? Um, they came up here so I could go to school for a better education. Mm-hmm. So they got schools in uh, Jamaica and whatnot. But right. um, when they got up here, actually, my mom came up here first with me. Then my dad came up when I was seven. Okay. So she settled down in a really good job. Yeah. Um, what does your mom do? She had, she's in the process of finding a new job right now. She's going to school. And, oh, good. Yeah, I'm happy for her. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. 
And yeah. So you ended up in Randolph, is that right? Yeah. There you know are, Randolph at all? So I do know of it. I've had coworkers. I know of it. And, yeah. And there, are, there have been some people in the music industry that have come from Randolph. So I saw that o- Omega Red, yeah. who was evidently the nephew of Donna Summer, yeah. came from Randolph. Really? Yeah. Well, that's right. She's from, yeah. she, she's from up here. Right? Donna Summer's so. from South Omega. And then there's also Clinton Sparks, right? He's a hip-hop DJ. Yeah. Uh, he went to Randolph High School, mm-hmm. and he did work with Akon and some, and some other folks. Yeah, Clinton's doing his thing. Still, yeah. So, I mean, do you kind of feel like it's an incubator? <laughs> yeah, there's an the energy, a, a big one. I mean, he's an artist himself. He's a little younger than me, but he's yeah. just as dope. You know? <laughs> you're, you're from, yeah. you're, oh, you're from he's Dorchester. He's from Randolph. Yeah, I'm from yeah. Randolph. Like I live, like I was raised there. Okay. I mean, look at the hoodie. You can tell there's an the energy. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But yeah, Randolph's cool. Yeah. Randolph has like a, a lot of gems, I believe, just waiting. Waiting yeah. to get their exposure, so yeah, yeah happy it, to be from there. Yeah, it's it's sort of like a cross between a suburban place and a city place, right? You know, I, I think it's mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So that's exactly yeah, that's a good yeah. description because yeah. a lot of people from Boston will move from Boston to Randolph to kind of yeah. get like a quieter vibe, yeah. you know, where they can raise their um their children. But at the same time, it's not like not like Western Massachusetts where it's yeah. like boondockish, yeah, or like trees, yeah. uh, like miles of trees between each house, so. Yeah. yeah, city and all uh, towny. So did Randolph affect your music? Most definitely. The environment's definitely going to seep into your music. I think the way in which it affected my music, it kind of gave me a broader way of uh, dealing with people, interacting, mm-hmm. because uh, I feel like the extreme of city life would definitely have had me communicating different than how I communicate now, and uh, the extreme of uh, miles of trees between each house would <laughs> definitely made me a little bit more quieter, maybe on the introspective side. Not to say I didn't have a past like that, but I think the way that everything came together allowed me to progress into the person I am right now. But you jumped right into music as a little boy. Yeah. I mean, you were, th- it's, I think your bias says you was like third grade or fifth grade. About. You, you were rapping at the time? Yeah. Start from, if you, if you can remember that far back. Yeah. Start from like, what was your first exposure to music? And was it rap? Was it? I mean, your parents coming from Jamaica. Was it? Were your parents listening to reggae? Were they? Were those roots there? Right. I mean, you were too. Yeah, yeah. For the most part, like I'm Americanized, but the Jamaican roots are are heavy. They're strong. Um, still within me. I'm sure when I was younger, you know, uh, before too, I was hearing a whole bunch of reggae that I probably can't remember now. I'm sure it um, seeped into my soul somehow. Kind of lay foundation. But the first time that I was actually introduced to hip hop, third grade was probably uh, the first time I was. Uh, really submerged into hip-hop. Before then, from like two to, you know, around that age, third grade, uh, kind of represents maybe like seven, eight. I was kind of grabbing hip-hop and that type of culture through like MTV jams, you know, morning shows, VH1 and all those. Artists like Ludacris, T-Pain, Lil Wayne, and Akon, et cetera, et cetera. Those were the kind of the artists that I was growing up on. But um, I never really associated them with myself as far as like doing music. I kind of just saw them as like, wow, they're great, great creative ability, but then it was a uh, third grade when I actually was able to merge with that feel for creativity, actually making music and whatnot. When my when my friend asked me to freestyle, so it kind of like bent my um no pun intended bent my uh, <laughs> mind <laughs> in a whole different direction where I actually started working on that craft. So it was cool, yeah. So do you have formal musical training, or is it just from pounding the pavement? Just, just pounding the pavement. Isn't that I'm, unbelievable? Around like middle school. Uh, because you were recording a lot in your room, you were you were learning how to use you know recording software back then, and yeah. So I started with um. There's this website called Jam Glue. I was introduced to rapping through freestyling, but I didn't learn how to freestyle to like really recently, and still I'm not the best. So that wasn't really what I, I started working on um, when I first got introduced to the world of uh, 
rapping, from freestyling, from the request to freestyle, I started writing. I was writing for those two years. Once I started feeling like, okay, I've been writing for a long time, I should really start to solidify these thoughts of mine into recording. Um, that's when I, I bucked up on a site called Jam Glue. And Jam Glue, it was almost like a, a music editing software on the internet, which was really dope. It was really accessible, probably comparable to some of the sites we have right now. But um, that was the first of its kind back then. And I would work with that, uh, record myself on the internet over like instrumentals. But then it shut down. So when it shut down, I had to find another another route of recording my music i found audacity which right. is a really basic right um, i know audacity yeah you they know. have a podcast version of audacity for for podcasters it's a really it's, yeah, it's a very simple that's amazing audacity is looking out for the community yeah that's what's i think up. it's like a fr- i think it's a free a free app but you had to teach yourself yeah yeah it was all it was all self-taught and it took a while you know so where does the music, the instrumental music behind the, the lyrics and behind the words, where does that come from? Do you play a role in that or do you have people who help you with that or how does that, how does that work? So I'm actually just starting to create my own beats, but yeah. I'm in a very, very beginner stage. So yeah. I wouldn't even attempt to rap over my own stuff now. But most of my catalog, it's been through like various producers. I have one producer that's like out of state that I work with a lot named Saru Beats. Throughout like my many projects and whatnot, like I've worked with like different producers from here and there i'm still open to trial like new producers did they try to sell you on did they say oh i've got this slick beat and then they play it for you they're trying to basically sell their services to you does that do the people come out of the blue and do that i'm just curious if that's how it works yeah sometimes they will sometimes they will but more so it's like a lot of people don't know about the music industry in in such a way where like their first um intent is to sell the beat you know they just want you to rap over they just want like some type of you know artist credit for the production do you play do you play an instrument i played saxophone for a little bit in middle yeah. school i was all right but, <laughs> <laughs> but i but you know like the case was so big i was like yeah i don't think i could do this for too much longer so Get a little to, alto sax a little yeah. teeny one i yeah. think that's what i was playing i was oh. uh, and that, that was not teeny for me man <laughs> not teeny enough tomorrow night we're gonna have there's a band in boston called vapors of morphine mm. and he plays the baritone sax cool cool I which is that. which yeah. is the biggest sax yeah, of huge, them all huge he's actually he'll play two at once he'll play he'll play him like this really yeah yeah two baritones two. No, no, no. Um, I don't know if it's an alto and a baritone, but it's it's two at once. He'll play them. Yeah, that's yeah. a talent, man. Yeah, <laughs> he's freaking awesome. Yeah, man. Like, yeah. you just have like one <laughs> on the side. Of- <laughs> no, both, both, both of them. Crazy. Yeah, no, that's he's, amazing. He, he Dan, needs a Dan, Grammy Dan, <laughs> just for himself. Dan, 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 his name is Dan Akali. He's he's uh, he plays at Atwood's Tavern a lot with Vapors of Morphine. And but anyways, uh, I digress. Shouts to you, man. Um, Shouts to you. But it's never too late to pick it up again, man. Yeah, yeah. I played a piano for a little bit. And so, how do you write? So is it, I mean, it's obviously lyric driven since, since that's your main instrument, right? Right, right? But do you approach a beat with something that the producer will give you or do you have yeah, something? Which comes first, the underlying music and then you create lyrics to it or you create the lyrics first and then you, you mate that too? Or maybe to it's a beat. mix of the two. Most, most times it'll be like the actual instrument that I get first, instrumental. Mm-hmm. Other times though, like uh, far and few between, like I actually have like something in my head, like set lyrics already written create a foundation for it. Mm-hmm. Most times it's the instrumental first, though. Do you do you have, like, syllables that you're, like, putting, you know, in the rhythmic place, or do you write, the, do you have the concept, the words you want to get down, and then you squeeze them into the, into the rhythmic space? It know? changes every time. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes, like, I have just that. Yeah. Like, I remember listening to an interview from Buster Rhymes. It's kind of like how he works as well. Like, yeah. you just catch the flow the minute the beat, um, the beat starts, but you don't know what to say, and, like, yeah. that will happen for me sometimes. And, like, I'll make sure, like, I do an <laughs> a audio recording, like a memo pad on my phone, and make sure I don't lose that rhythm and I'll fill in the words afterwards. Yeah. And other times, like, 
everything so perfect in the moment that I just go in, like kind of like freestyle method, and just like make sure I catch every single bar that um I'm. That's right. Out. With that, with that, with that experience you have, I mean, you say you're still currently learning how to freestyle. I couldn't even begin to understand how people do that. You know, you hear that beat and you can kind of scat just on like the, that on just the spot. Like that. Yeah, right? yeah, that's yeah. freaking amazing. Like, scat, <laughs> scat's a cool work. It's like that's exactly what it is, really. Yeah, like from a jazz perspective. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to talk about news and hoes lying, no shows you trying. I don't want to talk about no doors you lying, who's trolling, who's lying. I don't want to talk about money, sex, cars, and clothes. Let's talk about something other than your foes. Cause I don't want to talk about murder drums, especially this early on in my journey that ain't for me, bruh. Blinded by money, homie, or so it seems Covered in dough and greed, I think there's more to see Cause this life got so many opportunities That maybe there's enough of it for you and me I ain't trying to talk about negatives It's repetitive and it ain't helping with reaching my goals I ain't trying to talk about giving up Cause why you sitting up here thinking about the way I could open doors Let's talk about life, life. But I find that like it's less learning, more just feeling. Yeah. There's a lot of things you can learn, like skills you can cultivate, but freestyling is kind of like surrendering, you know, and just saying whatever comes off your mind. Yeah, like you're you can, you're a vehicle for the music, right? Yeah, for the you rhythm. Know, it's you know. the strangest feeling. Like speaking in tongues or something. <laughs> yeah, like that, right? kinda, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know, <laughs> your own tongue. I mean, yeah. I, I say that only half joking because it's really like you're just kind of letting the music bring you to where to, really? to exactly. those words like that you surrendering. Yeah, yeah. But it also takes guts. It does. You have to like be okay with sounding like. Yeah, horrible, like, like, like whatever. Yeah, exactly. Right? Nothing, you know, until you kind of finally catch that wave where you're actually channeling everything you want to say. Especially since you started doing it as a little boy. Oh, let me so. let me clear up that misconception. I was not freestyling when I was a little kid. Yeah. But I was asked to freestyle. But you tried it. Whether or not you were good or not is another question. But you gave it a shot, right? I think I attempted. Yeah. All right. Well, Maybe that takes rare. guts. Yeah, for sure. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. John, Appreciate you, bro. Go ahead and do some freestyle yeah, so for I, me right I, now. I, I'm not, but I am a drummer, and so I do. I care very much about rhythm, and that's when I listen to a song. That's the first thing that I listen to. Mm -hmm. And so I was listening to a lot of your music, and one of the things that really amazed me is that there's a lot, and I don't know if this is a conscious thing, but there's a lot of three on two. Is, do people ever talk about this where you know there's a beat that's like this, there's this like a one there's a three over a two and it's like and it creates this kind of tension and I don't even know but it's like really fascinating we'd have to play some yeah yeah you would have to play you're talking in drum speak yeah because I'm not even primed in that like I'm not even sure what you're talking about but if you're feeling it when you're as a drummer you're feeling that yeah totally aware of it yeah that's dope are you in a band? So I, sometimes I play with this guy, believe it or not, oh, from time to time. Yeah. Are there regional differences in hip-hop music? Is there sort of an Atlanta scene and like an L.A. scene and a New York scene? And, and, and are there differences in the music itself? I'm just wondering if you feel like you're part of some sort of regional hip-hop movement as opposed to just making what you love. Almost definitely. I yeah. think like the craziest wave right now is, is happening just in like Boston in really? general. 
but also like the surrounding towns. Like I think Massachusetts is on like a precipice of like a real big pop. Really? And, um, why is this? Why do you say that? I've been here for a while, obviously Randolph based, but like I've been around Boston for a long time and just kind of understood the whole uh, field of like the music culture here. Mm-hmm. The big thing that I've always heard was kind of like Boston separated. I feel like that's been worked on a lot. There's also been a lot of artists themselves kind of emerging and working on their craft and like everything's kind of coinciding. So like not only is Boston coming together through like social media a lot, uh, internet's really helping a lot to kind of merge that together. But there's also a lot of new acts that are kind of showing face and all of it's kind of creating this brand new fresh energy youthful energetic boston music and on top of that like the people who have already been grinding for a while and didn't really have the supportive foundation back in the day they're kind of being revitalized by that energy and everything's just coming together to create what i see as like the next big pop for east coast wow that's really awesome to hear one of the issues that i've heard for rap artists and for hip-hop artists is the lack of venues yeah. that that are available to you now you're in a special place too because you're such a young guy so when you were out there performing when you were like 18 there's not a lot of under 21 venues available to kids to go listen to you yeah. and you could go and you could perform in over 21 places right you did that when you were when you were still younger when i was younger when yeah, you were yeah. younger and you think that that's becoming less of an issue or Maybe you just haven't run into it as much, or you um, know, maybe, or maybe you still are seeing that. A little bit of everything, really. Like I remember going to a, a meeting with the Record Co, which is a studio. Yep, company. I know yeah. Matt MacArthur. Yeah, yeah. Shouts to them. Yeah. Um, they're like trying to create an underage. An, yeah, yeah. Uh, like an all age, mm-hmm. and like that's just uh, a testament to the fact that people are paying attention to the scene and trying to find ways to cater to it but I've also been in situations where like even just last year I was denied entrance to a show that I was supposed to be playing at Uh. you know like so that's kind of the two extremes of like people trying to cater and people just you know know, these are regulations and can't happen so um, yeah I've dealt with uh, the worst and the best of both worlds so it sounds like a lot of what happens is actually happening on the internet then right it sounds like that's a way you you reach a lot of people right yeah I don't want to make it seem like it's just internet but a lot of like the internet is definitely the reason for a lot that's happening right now and yeah. it's it's a blessing it's a yeah. huge blessing because obviously you know this wasn't the, it wasn't this way maybe 10 years ago is radio as important as it was you know 20 years ago so i know there's like jam in 94.5 and then there's 97.7 which i think is more like r&b music but is there like it, do people aspire to be on the radio or is that not quite what people want now i think radio still has pushed but i don't think people are putting as much I guess, weight on the importance of radio because, like, there's so many other routes now that an artist can pop. Like, you know, Spotify is almost a new radio. You have SoundCloud where, like, a lot of people are are bucking up on music. YouTube can pop an artist in one take if you do it right. That was a big part of your popularity was through through YouTube and then... um, uh, world star hip hop. World star, yeah. Right, that was something bit. that got you on the map there exactly, too. Exactly, right? you know. Yeah, don't have to uh, rely on radio as much as you did back in the day, but it's definitely still a factor. I'd say. What about playing live? When did you start performing on stage? Um, maybe around like fourteen. 
114. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so but what about as a professional? As like, well, well, when you started touring, when you started going all over the, all over the United States, when you went to South by Southwest, like I kind of see it as a whole progression. I can't really uh, sector it off because yeah. like I kind of lost track of time how yeah. everything happened. Like I was just so in it because like from 14 when I I was just doing like church performances for a little bit, boys and girls club yeah. performances. Then it kind of moved on to my first like I would say official show at Middle East, and I was probably like 15, and I had just dropped my first mix tape because i mean i had my first out-of-state show when i was like 16 huh. maybe california and that was dope you know the most recent shows and like just moving faster yeah it kind of merged into the whole process of like i guess moving from 16 to 17 18 going to like college so as soon as i got out of high school things hit a point where i was like at a a pitchfork in the road like what am I gonna do how am I gonna bring this to the next level yeah and once I decided on that and stuck with a decision of what I was gonna do and it kind of rewarded itself to me like fruits of my labor uh, that's when I started to really see like the upsurge and uh the type of shows the caliber of shows I was doing do you start focusing on the performance more rather than the in-studio work did you start kind of honing your skills more or was that still just a progression for you yeah everything was a progression i think uh there was never a point where i was like okay let me just stop thinking about the studio work and like really focus on the performance because if i do that it would be just as detrimental because people hear the music first then they want you to do the live show you know so you have to be sharpened on both and i can never do the other way around either where it's uh stop thinking about the performance just stick to the studio so like with each show i kind of dialed back on how i thought of the night you know, I got my homie over here, my manager, he would uh, he would also, like, give me the blunt truth. But before then, um, I would always just kind of think to myself, like, how can I improve? And with each show, I kind of, like, took those thoughts and used them to mold myself into a better uh, live performer. So, as Chuck said, part of the reason for your popularity is the traction that you've gotten on YouTube. And so I went to your website, and I saw that you have these, they're not really music videos, they're really short films, right? Yeah. So I was watching Manifesting Dreams and then this other one called... Called complex simplicity and I was completely blown away by them not only for their musical and lyrical content but also their production values they're very very well done yeah can you tell us a little bit about how those were made I mean there's some where you're sort of levitating in space and other stuff I mean there's there's a lot going I missed on the levitating things. in space well there was yeah, <laughs> another, but anyway. yeah there's a lot happening yeah. um I want to say shout out to um M9 he's a big factor in all uh, the production quality of those videos so Matt Arnold he's a a videographer I, I linked up with when I was maybe a, a junior in high school yeah. and uh, since then he's had immense growth and you know I've been working working with him yeah it's just been a, a great team teamwork I love the uh, rotten apples oh you like that thank you <laughs> I was it was cool have you seen that one it's the one where he yeah, gets a big bag of apples and he walks around New York City and hands out apples to all these strangers. Oh, okay. And it looks like you just that's exactly what you did. Just yeah, that's exactly knocking <laughs> on Lamborghini windows. <laughs> Pretty much, and, yeah. Nothing scripted. Just go out yeah. there and get How did that go? Apples. How was that day for you? Um, that looked really fun. Yeah, it was cool. It was a it was a vibe. It was a vibe. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure if some people were like, "Hey, hey, hey, hey what are you for doing? For sure, I don't like, want your damn apples." <laughs> for sure, right? you feel me? Like, what's in them? Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, it was, but you had some. It looks like you had some pretty good. Interactions with yeah, people yeah. who are like thank you. I mean, certainly the homeless people. For that sure, was, that was yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was definitely an experience. And I don't know if you know Jonathan. I used to be an actor in New York City, right, and we did a. I did an independent film. We were doing some like guerrilla filming. We didn't get a permit to go onto the subways. Mm. You have to get it, and it's cost like thousands of dollars to do that. So yeah, we couldn't. Yeah. We couldn't do that. So we went down to the subway, and there was a subway pulled up. It was like around eleven o'clock at night, maybe. 
subway pulled up and the car in front of us was out of service. Mm. Every other car was open. So we just went into that one car. We had that car to ourselves. Ooh. And we went all the way down to the end of, of Manhattan, all the way back up, turned our way around in the Bronx and came, and came back down. Except for there's this one homeless guy who was, who was asleep. Uh. And he came up and he wanted to, he's like, I need to tell you guys something. I'm like, okay, tell us anything you want. If you do that, will you be in the film and will you act? He's like, oh, yeah. So we gave him a line. He ended up in the film and everything. That's fire. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was an, it was awesome. I mean, you mm-hmm. never know what you're going to, when you, you do, when know. you just kind of go up to somebody and say, right. how about, how's this? Here's an apple. Yeah. Or you just got to be open to any outcome, you know, because possibilities I like, I like that. I like that video a lot. Thank you, cool. brother. In your short films, there's a lot of speech but it's not it's not rhythmic it doesn't necessarily have meter or rhyme right, right? it's almost uh, it's almost like a philosophical treatise that you're going through on some of these things is yeah. that was that the intent to just to create sort of a vibe instead of to create music necessarily it's it's kind of a different feel yeah definitely it's it's more so a vibe i'm going yeah. for a vibe i'm going for kind of like an imparting of knowledge. So your website says that. Your website talks about how you're creating positive music and you're trying to transform the world into into a better place. Do you feel like that's something different that you bring to the table, that you're trying to elevate the lyrics in your music in some way that may not exist in regular pop music? Yeah, I'm definitely just trying to put myself out there yeah. creatively yeah. and um, introspectively, just mentally, everything that I kind of have to offer. So how I view the world, my perspective on it, where I think we can go, what I think's missing, not being spoken about. Just trying to put it all out there. That's a big motive of mine. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, that's a sorrow. Let me get a light. Huh. Let me get a light. Let me get a light. Let me get it like this, let me get it like that Lost yeah. my grip, I'ma get it right back Been gone yeah. for a minute, trying to strengthen my craft But it's at the bar high like I should've run track So much drive still with the bus pass See a homie in the ride and he always rush past Ain't that I couldn't buy, always had enough cash I was aiming for the sky with a buy launch pad Let me get it like... Let me get it like this. I get on the mic and I swear I'm Tyson. Wait, every punchline, then my pen be writing. Hit your ear, drums hard, light native tribes did. I got the whole credit at the show, asking for more, cause they know the flow, so enticing. And I'ma give it to them, cause you know that life can't go missing any second. Don't you let your eyes blink on? I've been tripping off knowledge, third eye spending my noggin. I can see clearly through all of the nonsense. Be cautious, they trying to keep everyone boxed. And we lost in the darkness, we're deep in the odyssey. There's still a spark in that light, that's like conscious, the purest of content pouring into your mental process. When I spit that thing at the concert, I got it like this. Let me get it like that. Y'all wanna be where I'm at. Yeah. Heard that y'all wanna step in my shoes. They don't know that I've been working like a beer on crack. Banging out records even when they say no. Now they calling it dope. We should pop it past that. Back when the rap track only got me left at. Now I'm changing up the wave, so you better catch that. Let's see her. I know they see me moving. I know they see me vibing. I know you feel confused, but just let me be your guide. I was listening to a number of your songs, and there's not too many that have F-bombs or the N-word. I mean, some do, but not not, not as many. I mean, there were many that, that did not. I mean, mm-hmm. do you make a conscious decision to make music sometimes that's that's clean or family-friendly, or, or is it just a consequence of the of the way that you think and write? Yeah, I'm actually just a completely clean artist. Uh, I want to say that it initially started because of my parents. Yeah. So, you know, like... They didn't want me to go. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I wasn't going to. Mom was like, what did you just say? <laughs> For sure. And I wasn't going to um, go against it. And my dad actually had a thing where, like, you know, so long as what you're saying, it holds some type of value and it's yeah. clean, I can actually play it, that I'll be in full support. But the minute it's not, then, you know, the alternative. Obviously, I'm older now. And um, those constraints aren't really there as much as they were 
when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And now it's more so of a decision of me just kind of looking at the bigger picture of like, where do I want my music to be played? How do I want it to be played? How do I want it to be received? Mm-hmm. And when you think of the smartest method to get your music to everybody and make sure there's no lockdown and who can play it and where it can be right. played, just keep it clean. Keep it clean. Keep it accessible. And uh, try your best to be universally acceptable. The other side of the coin of that is, I mean, I like, um, uh, what's wrong with me, man? My brain is falling apart. I can't remember a damn thing. Just have a macaroon. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Rage Against the Machine. Uh, They curse plenty of times in there, but it's, it's, it's done with a, with a purpose, I think. Okay. And, and I think, I think cursing is, has its place. It's perfectly fine. And I did notice that in your early, you know, from where your earlier albums were to where the latest one was complex simplicity. Yeah. And you, you said the word yourself introspective. Yeah. I think it was, I think it's very introspective. Thank you, brother. And, and there was a line in one of the songs where it said, we learn our morals from grownups who may never grow, Mm. which I really liked a lot. There's a lot of lyrics in there that are wise beyond even my years. I thought, Appreciate you. and that's there was a kind of like a th- an overall theme for this for this album. Was that a a purposeful theme for the entire album, or is that just everything you're writing right now has that kind of message? A little bit of both. Everything I'm writing definitely has an underlying message uh, for the listener. But uh, that album was specifically crafted so that each song complemented each other mm. to kind of yeah, get it. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How important is the album? as a medium in rap and hip-hop, does it matter as much to make an album or do you just have to make hits and videos and stuff like that? The way I see it is that singles are smart to garner a lot of attention for yourself and one hit, yeah. if it is a hit, they're good to also continue that energy, but I feel like it has to lead up to some form of solid projects. Like a theme. Like, like a, yeah, yeah, like a solid theme of like what you're trying to give to the new fan base that you've garnered. You know, something's lead up to something. Yeah. Yeah. I find that albums have more of an effect on me if, even if I don't even uh, realize it, there's something that kind of binds all the songs together one way or another. Right, right, right. Whether it be musically or lyrically, it could be any, it could be any of those two. This is by far my, my favorite album of all the albums that I've, that I've heard of you. Thank but you. you also put out two albums this year, or last year. Yeah, last year. Holy smokes. Complex Simplicity and Dreams of a God. Yeah. So why two albums in a year? Did you just have so much material, you just prolific that way? What, what was the, what's the deal there? I actually got signed that year. And uh, it was Uh, like, oh, yeah. So it was contractual? A little bit of uh, that and the fact that, like, I had so much music that I was already sitting on, but I didn't have the money Uh, to record it. I don't know who puts out. Maybe Wilco puts (laughs) out two albums a year. (laughs) Right. Prince had just, you know, backlog of songs that he just never, never got released, right? Because he just had so many of them. Yeah. I mean, I I just talked to somebody. She had, she said she had about 70 songs that she had, you know, ready to go. And she put out, put an album and then she put out a EP. But you decided to just put out two full albums. I mean, and I guess part of part of it is when you got signed. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, how how many hours in the studio was that? We actually booked like uh, I think it was two straight days, twenty four hours. Oh my! Forty eight hours altogether. That's I didn't not leave long? that studio. 
It's not know. long. It's not yeah. long. Now that I think about it, but you must um, have worked your ass off. Like most definitely, uh, so that's like a song yeah. an hour. Yeah. So how many yeah, takes yeah. do you do? So when you go into the studio and there's a song you're trying to get down, how many takes does it take to get it right? It often changes. Not too many takes. Sometimes yeah. I'm one take Drake. Sometimes I can take as many as like twenty. Oh All depends like how much I've rehearsed. Yeah. There was a point early last year where I got really meticulous. It's easy to get meticulous. In yeah, the studio. like you perfectionist. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's definitely like a limit to it. There's like you know you can go to a certain extent where it's actually detrimental to oh, the yeah. whole craft you feel me sometimes like your first second take is the most raw energy you're gonna give and it's after that it's just like a slope um yeah. the returns get less and less at each time but um yeah and in the studio do you play to a pre-recorded track or do you have live musicians in the studio with you i'm trying to go that route real soon live musicians, live musicians. but as of right now Play with live musicians. I, I can only so imagine. Fun, I can only imagine, yeah. man. I'm available. <laughs> I'm after hit y'all. You say you live, you live a double life right now. <laughs> Where you a band by night, podcast by day, yeah. whatever, other way around. Maybe I guess. the other way around. Yeah. And and live, you just have the you have the track playing over you, or you, you don't you don't have live musicians playing with you yet. I do live band sometimes. I'm actually doing a live band on the thirtieth. I'm over by BU. What's the instruments that you have playing with you? Piano, drum, guitar. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I think this time we're going to have bass. Regular band. Yeah, yeah, really trying to get all the instruments in the in the digital version. So do you do you take inspiration from other forms of music outside the rap and hip-hop areas? Yeah, my musical taste is yeah. really eclectic. I listen to everything. Yeah. <laughs> what would surprise us that you listen to? I really like uh, folk yeah, I like, like uh, you ever heard of uh, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zero? Yeah, of course. Man, I love him. Yeah, I love him, man. I rock with uh, M83. Yeah, Midnight City. Rock with uh, Florence and the Machine. Yeah, this album seemed a little bit more, just a little bit more instrumentation in some of the songs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I didn't listen to absolutely everything that you've done, but so I might be a little off base, but I felt that it was definitely aiming towards more musicality mm-hmm. is that what you're trying to do especially if you're going to try and have a live band in there let people complex kind of complex simplicity for complex simplicity yeah i think the producer that i worked with for that album just is really a mozart in the making yeah i think that's just what it is like he's his mind's just tuned to that like, like orchestration orch- yeah. orchestration i don't know he just has like a mindset that's really like about that vibe yeah you know versus like what's going on now where it's more bass oriented and like cool melodies but repetitive like he's just all in with like the symphonies and all that so now that you've signed do gigs come your way that you didn't have to look for or that you didn't have to pound the pavement for yeah um being signed definitely helps um my label has their connects that definitely add to the pot of shows mm-hmm. that i'm getting but you've also toured with other headliners right what have you learned from those those headliners like you were with uh nelly did you tour with nelly or you maybe just opened up for just him? Just opened up for him. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But I did tour with Hobson, um, Joyner, and Token. Oh, and, Token, uh, yeah. Yeah, Token's cool. How do you know Token? I mean, because he's a local guy. Yeah, me and um, Token have had our like uh, interactions for a while he's now. A, he's actually younger than you. Yeah, yeah, he's one year younger than me. Yeah. Yeah, so it was real cool, like that youthful energy just connecting and whatnot. But um, he's I met. He's up. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's up there. Shouts to you, bro. Pretty much I met him the first time probably like two years ago. Uh, we was at like a little cipher and next linked up again for the Hobson tour. I didn't even know he was going to be on it. Linked up there and then I uh, saw him again at Boston Music Awards. And since then, everything skyrocketed for him. So I'm sure I'll see him again. The synergy, synergy is dope. And everybody on that tour was like real cool, real cool energy. And I uh, learned a lot from him. 
that music community, we talk about it a lot in, in Boston, going back to what you said about how you feel that it's really kind of flourished mm-hmm. over the last couple of years. Exactly, and that's a representation. Yeah, yeah I think that's definitely. that's freaking awesome. It's so great to hear. Huge, huge. Because, um, you know, because I read an interview uh, that you had. You were asked, so Boston's not really known as a music city. And then they asked you a question. And after I read, I was like, Boston's not known as a music city. Crazy enough, right? Yeah. But, but we're more but, so like schools, we're sports teams. It's understandable. I guess, but maybe it's from a hip-hop rap perspective maybe and i don't know when the interview happened maybe that was the perspective there but it warms my heart to, for you to say that yeah that things are changing at least that things are that things are changing and that you're so optimistic about it yeah yeah definitely i have one last question on my list that i really really want to ask <laughs> so so you know you're i mean like i, I need to give you no I, just, I just want to make sure and get this in because i'm because i uh, was, uh, i'm genuinely genuinely curious about this let it rip, so bro. In your songs, the, the amount of lyrical content, the number of words, is enormous, right? It's, it's, a, it's a huge body in, of work in each song. When you're performing, do you ever forget the words? I mean, because when my bands play, we have a list of lyrics like this, and our lead singer still forgets, and you know, we all forget. I don't know. I'm just wondering, is that ever a problem, or is it just And you're a cover band. Uh, <laughs> That burned. We would know, but anyway. So, I, so I mean, is this? Do you ever run into issues where you for, where you forget the lyrics in the middle of the song? It's uh, happened often back in the day. Yeah. These days, it happens a lot less frequently. Yeah. But every now and then, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's less forgetting, more just like slip slip up. So you know it, but you just yeah. don't catch it. Do people ever use teleprompters like the big stars? Do they ever have it so they don't forget? Or would that be ridiculous? I couldn't tell you what everyone's doing, <laughs> but hey, it doesn't sound too far. Because fast. you would see like these concerts with like Guns and Roses and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. you would see Axl Rose reading the lyrics for you know. I think Welcome Mariah Carey jump. did it for last <laughs> New Year's. I think that's the only thing I could think of. Like right. she got Honestly, caught up. I don't know. I don't know how people remember all those lyrics. I don't, yeah. I don't know how they do it. But I mean, everyone's gonna forget a lyric. Yeah, yeah. But it's Same all way. about how do you handle it when you're on stage. Huge, man. You right? just can't stop. You can't make it even seem like you care. Like right. That's exactly. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. You d- you just kind of Sh- I don't know. You, you, you can have a panic, mm. right? Yeah. And then exactly. you freeze, and then you die of a heart attack. Right. The thing is, a lot of times the audience has no clue. Well, yeah, right? that, that's the big thing because, like, you know, the audience isn't gonna know your lyrical content. Right. So they'll only know you messed up if you make it clear you right. messed yeah, up. Yeah, you show yeah. their facial attitude. expression. You like, you know. That's the trick of being a professional, right? <laughs> I mean, every day, every day learning. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, try not to attach titles because at the end of the day, like everyday learning really is all it is. The the last performance I had, however, whatever caliber it was at, I'm trying to be better. Yeah. My next performance, so I never want to put a, a blockade on where I can go because there's always room for for improvement. So. All right, so we'll keep an eye out for any uh, future future albums. You have, you have there's nothing like in the works though, right? Nothing, nah, nothing right now, yeah. concrete. Yeah. But singles, singles like. Yeah, well, you put out two next. You put out two last year, so. Yeah. I want, th- I want four next year. <laughs> we will work on it. Maybe yeah. eight, man. Yeah, Maybe eight. That's, that's right. <laughs> Double so it up. Set the bar high <laughs> for sure. Yeah. But you'll definitely know about it, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, awesome. You gonna be at the Boston Music Awards? We might. Right. We might stop by definitely. Yeah, I'll be there. So you can pretend you know me or not. <laughs> nah, we go, we go connect, man. We are family now. Right, awesome. You, you a brother. Right, hey, I appreciate that. Appreciate man. you. All right. You well, thanks for well, being brother. on. Most definitely. Thank you for having All right. me.
What you wanna see in five years? What you wanna be before you leave this life here? Who you wanna meet? Where you wanna go? What you wanna eat? What you wanna know? Let it all unfold. I remember thinking that this life was meant for bigger. That was back when I was peeing beds and watching Tigger. That was back when I was into drawing out these portraits. Well, of course, I guess I always kinda saw the bigger picture. Like, do you ever think about the stars? Do you ever wonder how we got to where we are? Do you ever look up in the sky, realize that we are small when you peep the complexity of it all? Do you ever really listen to yourself? Close your eyes and take a minute with yourself. Do you know yourself? Do you really know yourself? Cause you killin' no one else till you really love yourself And I know that you been stressin' So I just pray you listen to the message This life ain't never gon' give you more than you can bear So I swear that you'll conquer your depression Don't you forget it, don't you forget it And I don't wanna leave this life regretting nothing Regretting nothing Cause I just don't believe this life was meant for nothing Was meant for nothing let my life be an inspiration to others That you can save somebody with every word that you utter Regardless of your color or if you come from the gutter You possess the same voice that could help the world to recover Lost in the system and you know there's something missing Sacrificing people only in the name of business Obsessed with the revenge, yet we always want forgiveness And the cycle never ends till somebody makes a difference Our potential so much greater when we let go of the grudges They only weigh us down and that's why we tend to plummet Then wonder why life don't ever go the way we want it Cause that karma come around and I ain't talking Haley's comment. Yeah. Guess it's time to let the past go. Past go. 1500 people at my last show. Last Stage show. dive, now I'm never looking back, bro. Back Swear this life becoming everything I ask for. Yeah. And I don't wanna leave this life regretting nothing. Regretting nothing. Cause I just don't believe this life was meant for nothing. Gets tired of living a life like this Wanna find where the bright side is Late nights like this When I ride like this Is there anybody out there? Cause I know I'm not the only one who has these thoughts Cause the money don't stay when the casket drop Life was never about to cash me, God No, it never was And I don't wanna leave this life regretting nothing Regretting nothing Kyle's a great guy, and we'd like to thank him for hanging with us. Check out all of Kyle's music at kylebentmusic.com. Go to abovethebasement.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter, listen and subscribe to our podcast, like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, and look at all the nice pictures we post on Instagram. We are everywhere. On behalf of Ronnie, Jonathan, and myself, thanks for listening. Tell your friends. And remember, Boston music, like its history, is unique. 
Above the Basement Boston Music and Conversation is recorded at Beautiful Woods Hill Table Restaurant in West Concord, Massachusetts. Woods Hill Table is honored to have been awarded three stars as the most sustainable restaurant in Massachusetts by the Sustainable Restaurant Association. The food is organic and locally sourced, non-GMO, and is absolutely delicious. Chef Charlie Foster focuses on seasonal ingredients and their own grass-fed livestock raised on the farm at Woods Hill in Bath, New Hampshire. Go to woodshilltable.com for reservations.